my days used to feel the same Just playing a waiting game Dining at a table set for one Stuck in an endless rerun Then one day you walked into my life It was you I needed I can't wait to be coming home to you Can't wait to be coming home to you Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Four Podcast, episode 199. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today. Talked about video games, although I have only played one video game since last week, <laughs> so so I don't have a ton of updates there in terms of my personal playtime experience. Um, if you don't know why, big reason being is that I was cramming to get a Battle & Wonderworld video done, and that video is up on the website and on YouTube, so you can see that up there. Um, it went up on Saturday. Um, it's basically a video that is not a review of Battle and Wonder World per se. It's it is more of a review response video. So so basically, you know, if you didn't if you didn't see Battle and Wonder World, got it pretty hard in terms of you know uh, press response, uh, even people in the mainstream audiences, and also I, I think a lot of fans were not happy with how Battle and Wonder World turned out too. I totally understand. There are a lot of issues with that game. Well. Totally understand to some degree. There's definitely a lot of issues with that game. But um, there, there were some reviews that came out that were just like, Battle and Wonderworld is the worst thing that ever existed. And like the worst thing of 2021. And this trash game by Yuji Naka. And I'm like, I, look, I'm not going to tell you. Like, like, I get it. Most people are playing like polished video games most of the year. And then they come and play Battle and Wonderworld. And it's just like this kind of half mess, half game kind of thing that... Or have like decent game kind of thing that I think, if if your perspective is that you're playing mostly polished stuff all year, sure you probably probably Ball and Wonder World is 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 significantly worse than whatever you're playing most of the year. Um, but for someone like me who plays a lot of random stuff and usually will like play stuff and enjoy it for like particular ideas and things like that, um, I found Ball and Wonder World to be pretty good. So so I wanted to make a video that was just like, hey, hyper focused on what I think is good about Battle and Wonder World and like and like what made me enjoy it specifically. Um, because I think there are things I could say about like, huh, it's got the Yuji Naka aesthetic with that like, you know, adolescent approach to like um, adult problems and things like that. And, and he, like aesthetically, it's got this look. But like, I, I really feel like that kind of stuff is, is again, something I enjoy, but it's not really something that I, I, I really feel the need to kind of talk about that much uh with people I, I feel like you kind of know if you like or dislike that so i really hyper focused on on the gameplay structure of the costumes the game's main gimmick um and and how that affected the game in a way that i enjoyed it and and i think i am overall pretty happy with how it turned out you know that's a very short turnaround time for me for a video like that you know it it, it was not a review but it did take probably comparable time to put together to like doing a review. And so it was, it was actually a challenge to get it done in like, you know, less than a week, basically. Like I, I had finished that game Saturday night. Um, and then, and then, you know, posted the video Saturday morning this, this, this week. So, so it was basically a week turnaround time. If you know, for me, that's, that's very quick. Um, so that was what my life had been dedicated to this week, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. And, you know, I think it was generally well received for the most part. Um, I, I kind of didn't think too much about this, but, but maybe I should have expected it that 
um, and, and putting a video out and trying to catch that initial wave of people who are looking at Balan Wonder World um, that I'm gonna, I was going to get some dislikes, um, also some some negative comments. One thing that I, I wasn't aware of, but because, you know, generally I think people coming to my videos, you know, they're, they, they, they know what they're looking for and they probably aren't here to like, you know, dunk on a, on a game. Like, I don't think anyone's trying to dunk on a token doll or something like that, right? If you're looking up a token doll, you probably are going to enjoy what a token doll is going to offer you offer you but um people would like write comments and then delete them because it basically prevents you from getting engagement or at least that, that seems to be the thought i have no idea how youtube works with that um i do not mind that you do whatever you want kind of thing but it was an interesting strategy to see of them being like hey we're going to be negative to your review and we also don't want to reward you so you get the notification as the as the the youtube channel um saying somebody wrote a comment this is what they said but the comment itself is gone, and so you can't like respond to it or anything like that. Um, so I thought that was an interesting tactic, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, I don't mind people disliking my video. I mean, people did dislike it. You know, obviously, I would prefer them to dislike it based off the content of the video. Hopefully, um, I don't know if that was the case. I think some people will dislike it just because of the fact that I was being positive about Battle Wonder World to some degree. Um, but I totally understand it. Like I had a conversation in the in the, the comments about. You know, the guy who was like, I wish Square Enix would just focus on AAA video games is what basically he said. And I'm like, I'm kind of on the other side of the fence where like, I want more games like The Quiet Man or the original Nier. Like, like I know people are like, oh, I mean, Nier Automata got, was really popular, right? So I think I think the, the context of what the original Nier is today is a little different. But like back during the PlayStation 3 era, I think Nier was kind of bundled in there with along with like Final Fantasy 13 and, and Final Fantasy 14 1.0 of just like Square Enix doing something weird and kind of messing it up although Final Fantasy 13 is a little debatable right to some degree that game is is more maybe over ambition although maybe a lot of their games are over ambition where where near is probably not as ambitious as it needed to be I don't know anyways all that aside doesn't matter um but yeah sometimes you just have different needs when it comes to games um but that was why, why I kind of positioned the video as not a, like hey you know you need to be playing uh, Battle and Wonder World um I basically positioned it as like hey you should consider playing Battle and Wonder World and then talking about, you know, what I liked about it. And then also the caveats that come into play, like, hey, technical issues, you know, platforming, like how the character moves is is not necessarily great, things like that. But it didn't really bother me, um, where if that bothers you, then you shouldn't buy it still. So um, I do really hope that I found a good balance, though, with like the YouTube thumbnail and the title. Uh, the title is You Should Consider Playing Battle and Wonder World with shit in all caps because of YouTube. Um, and then also the thumbnail just is like, uh, I think it says like not so bad or something on it just to, I don't know. It's, I don't really like those kind of thumbnails. It's definitely built in a way that's like, Hey, kind of click on me. But at the very least in, in making that thumbnail, it was a thumbnail I felt confident in that I could support the meaning of. Like I don't, I do not disagree with the phrase you should consider Battle and Wonder World kind of thing. But if I said you should play Battle and Wonder World, I think that would be misleading and I wouldn't want to put that kind of thing. So, so th I think I found a good balance there. And I, for now, for the podcast and the live streams, I think you're just going to get the normal thumbnails still just because I don't really know what I want to do with them yet. Um, but for the featured content, I will probably be trying to position the titles and thumbnails to be more clickable. I don't like to do it, but uh, eh, eh life i guess i don't know I, I shouldn't worry about it too much it's probably fine it's probably normal i just don't really like those myself to be honest with you <laughs> i i talked about it a little bit on the pod or the during the stream of just like there, i have a youtuber that i really like but his thumbnails are just so so overly like clickbait and like the videos are good they're good videos 
but the click the thumbnails are just so egregious um and 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 it just to the extent that like a lot of times i don't even look at his videos not because i know that they're his videos and i'm like i'm not gonna look at that because of the thumbnail just because my brain like filters out some of those thumbnails sometimes it's just like i know like my brain's just automatically like i know i don't want to click on this because it's being this clickbaity thing and then i find out later like oh that's his video and then i'll go watch him like yeah that was a good video (laughs) so yeah i'm I'm trying to really avoid that scenario and you know i'm always happy to get feedback you know if you have any thoughts on what the thumbnail for that video looks like or what the title looks like you felt it was misleading let me know i'm always you know happy to hear hear what your thoughts are so yeah um, but because I was working on that, the only game I really played this week, week was Wadham. Um, and it was that, something I just played a few few hours ago. It's a very short game, like three hours long. Um, I don't know. Wadham is definitely a video game, but it's 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 a little hard to talk about in the context of video games, I feel like. Um, if you don't know what Wadham is, basically, you are... Um, it's, it's from the, the designer of Katamari Damacy, so it's very similar aesthetically to that. So it's like this little cube mare that has a hat on, and when he takes his hat off, um, there's a bomb under it and it's a very playful confetti bomb kind of thing. And when you do, when it, ex- when you take off your hat, it explodes. And it basically, if anybody's around you, they get caught up in the explosion. You all go flying off and everybody's really happy and laughs and things like that. It's, it's this very cute, um, I'd say to a lot of people, probably, uh, adolescent kind of game. They probably would view it as something that's very kids like, um, there's a lot of times in the game where you just like blow up your hat and then everyone's like, ah, oh, do it again, do it again, do it again. You just got to go blow up your hat again. And they're like, ah, do it again, do it again. And you're like, okay, how many times do I need to blow up my hat on you until you're happy? <laughs> um, so, so it's, it's, it's a silly, silly little thing. It's very charming and cute. You know, it's one of those things where very much like Yuji Naka's games, it's not like, it's, it's, it's like a very kid friendly way of talking about darker topics or maybe not darker, but like more human topics, right? Like, like basically the, the crux of the game really seems to be about, um, not, not, appreciating what you'll lose until after it's already gone and then also like how other people can view you and how that makes them feel based off how they view you and and the kind of the 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 bridge and gap that can put between people based off that and and kind of how it can isolate people and things like that um but it's very done in a very cute fun way kind of thing so you know most of the game you're going to be running around and like half your half of the people on the map are going to be poops because you used a mouth to eat them and they all came out as swirly poops and every time you get close to them they make a fart noise and you're like yeah Yep. <laughs> so it's it's very very uh strange but but yeah so basically you just go through a series of i don't even know if puzzles is the right word there's basically like you basically the game is like you reuniting with people and then your different problems that you're solving brings more people towards you um and then you go to different islands and each of those islands have their own different problems and the islands are technically people as well or whatever they're living beings i guess you should say they're not really people um and then you just, you know, gather more and more people until you eventually get to the end and everything. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a cute thing. I don't think it's a game I'd ever really get, like recommend to anybody ever, or like, I don't even know what to compare it to gameplay wise. Um, but like, if you're into that kind of storytelling, I think it is worth sitting through for that at the very least. I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I feel like the first 10 minutes are definitely the best part of it still. It's, it's, it's like the, the main theme, I think the main thing is called like six days or something like that, or six people. I think it's six days in Fallujah. <laughs> it's like six something. I don't know. Go look up like the Wada main theme. I'm sure I'll probably include it at the beginning of this video too, if it makes sense, um, or this podcast, but, um, 
yeah, it's a really good theme. And, and the opening of the game does a good job of utilizing that theme as like the mayor is crying on his own, on his lonesome. And then he meets his first friend, which is a rock. And he gets really excited and they start chasing each other around. And this, this music is playing. It's, it's, it's real good. Uh, but after the first 10 minutes, I think the game really kind of gets into the weird, like, I don't know what's happening. Everybody's poop. And, and I'm going to get these like storyboard things that basically tell me about how lonely uh, everybody was. And then now we're pulling everybody together and they're going to be happy again kind of thing. So yeah, that's pretty much all I played. I finished it and I put it back on my shelf. Uh, we probably won't do anything with it. So here's, here's, we're going to hear me talk about Wadham. I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to also talk about is a kind of a hole I went down. Um, so a couple of weeks ago on stream, I don't remember who it was exactly. So feel free to pipe up in the comments if you want to re-identify yourself. But somebody had mentioned that um, the, a guy named Beamask did a video on the Salmon Max series. And, and Salmon Max is something that I, I was interested in a long time ago, but I never really got around to. Um, I was a big fan of the Telltale uh, Monkey Island games, the, the Tales of Monkey Island games specifically. I played them on WiiWare. That's not a great way to play those games. Play them on PC. <laughs> but but I really like the the, the the writing and dialogue and story and stuff. And Salmon Max is very much in that same vein of, of game. It's actually probably running on the same engine as well, um, to, to be completely honest with you. Um and so it was a video that was just like analysis of uh, analysis of those games and and stuff. And I don't really know anything about Sam and Max, but I enjoyed watching the the, the video. But after that, it, it sent me down the U- usual YouTube algorithm hole of like, hey, we're going to recommend Sam and Max videos to you. So it's like watching various Sam and Max dialogues before, between different games and things like that. And uh, it was enjoying them. And then I got down into the pit of poker night 2 because sam and max appear in this game called poker night 2 if you don't know what poker night 2 is uh it's actually i think the full name is like poker night at the inventory 2 um and it's a part of a series of uh, i believe telltale card games or you know poker games um where they essentially had uh crossovers between different brands so the first game had uh strong bad Max from Sam and Max, the little bunny guy with the sharp teeth, um, heavy weapons guy from T Fortress 2, and then also um, some guy from Penny Arcade. I don't really know anything about Penny Arcade. Um, and I remember this game a long time ago, and I remember people enjoying it quite a bit, although I never really had much of interest because I don't really know anything about poker. I'm not really familiar with any of the characters, to be honest with you. I mean, I know Strong Bad because I used to watch Homer Star Runner, but I don't like love Strong Bad either. I like, I liked him as a kid a lot for sure, um, but but like it never really drew me in. Um, so I kind of came in through Poker Night too because Sam, the the dog, of the main character of Sam and Max, um, was in that game as well, and they also include Max. Um, and I really like the vibe of that game. Um, um, basically, you know, it's basically just four characters sitting at a poker table, and they're you know I don't know anything about poker, but they'll make their calls on on their turn, like if they're gonna fold, so they put their cards down, or if they're gonna you know, call, which is where they throw money. And I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about poker, um, and, and bets and things like that. So, so they're like going around and they have little quips and stuff while they're doing that, but they also have like conversations while they're, while they're doing this and it's mixed in pretty well. So like, you'll have a character start a conversation and then maybe like somebody does like something where they put all their, their chips in for poker and everybody's like, oh, I don't know, you're, you're going all in. You better not be bluffing or something like that. I don't know. Words out of my mouth. Um, but it, it basically um, will do that, and then and then it kind of does that whole video game thing of so like I was saying, and then continues the conversation. Um, but but I think it actually works really well in this game. It feels very natural, and and I think the like bar 
uh, aesthetic of, of the poker table and everything and and the, the bar music uh, makes it like this very relaxed, fun thing. And I think a lot of it also has to do with like the dynamic of the characters too because I went back and looked at the Poker Night, uh, original Poker Night cast, the ones I mentioned before with Strong Bad and all that stuff. And I don't really feel like anybody bounces off each other very well. They all kind of feel like their own individual character just kind of saying their own lines without really interacting with each other in a lot of ways. I mean, there's definitely conversations happening, but it doesn't really feel natural to me. And I feel like with Poker Night 2, they did a, a great job of, of, of kind of increasing that that dynamic between those characters. Um, the, the characters that are included in this one are Sam and Max, as I mentioned before, uh, Brock from Venture Brothers, some like Adult Swim show, um, Ash from, I think, Evil Dead. I don't know anything about Evil Dead, but it looks, I think I, that is who it is. Um, and then also uh, Claptrap. From Borderlands, and there's also Gladys there as well from Portal too, um, uh, or Portal, but Portal as well, um, and and just like how the dialogue works is, is is really good because I think the characters are are a a set of characters that are kind of relaxed and chill in a lot of ways, but also can be very like aggressive to each other and and it's like this nice dynamic where they kind of go back and forth between you know kind of insulting each other in some ways but then also like talking to each other and sometimes asking advice from each other about things and it's it's this really interesting dynamic that i that i think is kind of fun and even claptrap which i'm not a big fan of borderlands um there's kind of like this this uh partnership between claptrap and uh glados uh because they're robots and everybody else is living beings right so so there's kind of like this this small tension there but then claptrap is super dumb and glados is obviously you know really smart so there's also like a a gap there so it's it's just this really fun thing to to look at and i basically just had it up running on on my computer listening to the dialogue as they went back and forth i will never play this game also it's not for sale anymore it was one of those telltale games that i think got removed because of telltale dying or maybe the license is expired one or the other um so you can't actually buy it or at least there's like cards you can buy online with like codes i don't know if those are valid or not or if they're just you know collectibles at this point but but anyways either way i watched enough of it that like i'm never going to actually like if i played it i'd just be re-listening to all the dialogue i've already heard and i don't really have any need to play a poker game or at least not that particular poker game at least so but yeah i was just really impressed by it and i thought it looked really nice um, and I'm glad I, I looked into it because that was a series I never really thought much about, but I knew it was popular at the time. And, and seeing what makes that game works and tick, um, I think was was kind of a fun little experience um, that I did not have to actually play it to, to get. So cool, 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 cool. And that's pretty much it in terms of my personal experience with games. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into some of the news. I do have a follow-up um, on, uh, on a couple of items. Um, the one that you probably heard about is the uh, PlayStation Store um, that was confirmed that the PlayStation 3 and PSP stores are going to be shutting down on, on July 2nd, and then the Vita store is going to be shutting down on, on August 27th. Um, so that was rumored before. We kind of talked about it last week. I, I don't really think I have anything too much more to say other than the fact that uh, they basically just said you just can't buy new games. You can re-download games and everything, so all the services are still in place, but buying of games is not uh, uh, something you can do. I will say... It seems very rushed. Like even with Nintendo, they gave you like a year to to, to purchase games, so that it seems a little rushed, um, or at least sudden. I, I I'm not really a big fan of the, the like one to two month time frame, um, and I think what kind of you know that, that's something I feel just as somebody who 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 has bought stuff at the Nintendo store, right? But I think what what kind of cemented the rushed aspect of it to me was um, I was listening to uh, Colin Moriarty's podcast uh, Last Stand. Um, uh, um, uh, about it. I don't really lost, listen to his podcast that much, but I was curious what he he had uh, thoughts about about it because he's a big PlayStation fan. 
Um, and and one thing I, I forgot is that Colin Moriarty actually owns a game developer to some degree. I think he's like has an over 50% stake in some developer. And they develop all their games for Vita in addition to other platforms. Um, and one point he made, which was kind of really interesting, is that like they had bought like a Vita dev kit or test kit like less than a month ago because um, they're developing a game for the Vita right now. And he was just like, "Is this? Does this mean I just can't make this game for this platform anymore? Like, is it this, you know, they sold us this kit less than a month ago, and they assume that it's just the person they were working with was not in on on what was going on. But uh, it's just it's like this thing of just like, oh, there's people still working on Vita games, yet in the next you know four months they're gonna be shutting that store down. It, it seems very very sudden. So obviously you could still get like a physical copy of a Vita game for sure, but those cartridges are are not really out there anymore. I mean I mean they're they're out there, but I believe it's a limited supply at this point um, that they're not, you know, producing them at this, at this point. So I don't know. It seems, it seems all kind of sudden and, and kind of rushed to some degree, but you know, at the very least it's just purchasing of games. You can still download your games still. Um, obviously some other things come up uh, around that topic of, you know, CMOS batteries and how the PlayStation three and PlayStation four kind of interact with the store uh, based off that. So, you know, yeah, the play, I think I think I've said this for a long time, but the PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Sixty, um, those two consoles and beyond, you're probably gonna have to hack your systems to do anything with them after a certain point, right? Um, it's just it's just not. Oh, there's so much like built-in online checks and services and things like that that if certain components start to fail um, or you know the servers aren't available for you to hit then then you have to get around that and then that requires hacking your console and it, it makes me really curious to see you know people who would go back and look at the PlayStation 3 in the future or look at the 360 and, and people are I think are already doing that to some degree but if those the services aren't available um, to do that are people willing to go out of their way to hack a console or will they just like go straight to emulator basically um, because you know you do have like this scene around retro games where people uh, you know go jump through a lot of hoops to, to, to connect their consoles to, to the modern displays right um, and I mean, I'd be curious if that's that space is nearly as big uh, if you have to do like soft modding of, of console stuff but hey I, I th- there will always be people who are doing it though I think that's, that that is absolutely true as long as the the software is there for them to get around that stuff and there's some people that will always be you know more willing to do the emulation route so it probably won't be that different honestly but but I'll be curious to see how many people are willing to do that so um, the other follow-up story I had was with Jack Jean. Um, I talked about that, I think, last week or maybe a couple weeks ago. If you don't know what it is, basically it's an Otome game that has some uh, rhythm game elements. Um, it, it looks pretty neat. I would like to check it out, but it's Japanese-only at the moment, and I have plenty of other games that are kind of like that in Japanese-only that I that I would should go play instead. Uh, but they announced a physical copy of it. Um, it's kind of weird. I was, I, you know, keep in mind, Jack Jean is not getting any kind of U.S. press at this point or, or U.S., uh, you know, news releases or anything like that, or at least as far as I'm aware. Um, but but in the, the, the communication for this physical copy, they're like, oh, the digital version was so popular um, <laughs> that we, we decided to do like a physical. And then like, they're like listing out, here's our limited edition physical that has an art book, CD, novel, all that stuff. And, and it's just like, this is like a week after the game came out. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that this is like, you would have to know ahead of time that you're going to do this rather than just like based off the sales. But again, it, it was a Japanese article. So maybe just like the translation tool I was using just did it, you know, convey that information correctly. So, um, but yeah, it's like 135 bucks that limited edition. So pretty expensive. I mean, the art, 
art in that game is nice. And so I wouldn't mind having the art book, but doubt I will actually ever do it. Um, and the, the standard physical copy is the same price as the digital game, $85. Um, again, it's one of those things that I just, I, I would like to check it out, but the fact of the matter is I got so many other stuff like it around here that I really can't justify it. Um, and maybe if it ever comes out in English or if it gets English patched into it, I could justify it a bit more. Um, but, but at least in Japanese, I, I have some Hunex rhythm Otome games that I definitely could sit down and spend some time with. But anyways, that physical copy is playing for June. I don't think they've given a date yet. Um, so yeah, we'll, I'll be curious to see if that comes over. Um, and if they bother, uh, including any English in it at any point or doing, uh, you know, any kind of translation work. Um, I don't know. I, I think... I think Otome games in the U.S. typically get physical copies. I always, I always feel a little weird when I'm like at a Best Buy and it's like, here's this Otome game I've never heard of, just sitting on the shelf. I'm like, yeah, man, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. In terms of actual news this week, um, I don't really have uh, too much to say about this, um, but uh, Dead or Alive's director uh, left Koei Tecmo. Um, if you don't know the Dead or Alive series, uh, they, they recently released Dead or Alive 6 a handful of years back. Um, I don't know a ton of specifics about that game and, and what people dislike about it other than I think there's some microtransaction issues. Um, but it did it definitely didn't like stick in the way that Dead or Alive 5 did, it feels like. And, uh, um, I'll be curious to see if Koei Tecmo plans to continue doing Dead or Alive fighting games. It doesn't sound like there's a lot of immediate plans for that at the moment. And then there's also Venus Vacation that they're still doing at the moment. Um, I don't know, really know the success of that game. You know, it's been around long enough that you could probably say it's successful. But, you know, long term, it's it's kind of an old game at this point. So I'd be curious to see, you know, if they're willing to do another like DOAX at some point or if they... Um, or if they would just continue to, you know, build on Venus Vacation until they basically run it into the ground. I don't know how much Koei Tecmo cares about the Dead or Alive franchise at this point. Um, it's one of those things that I'd be curious to see if they would be the director. Uh, let me see, do I have their name? Yohei Shimbori, I believe. I actually can barely read that text because it's blue on a black background for me. Um, but I, be I believe that's it. Um, I'd be curious to see if they, they would ever go and like work at a, another, uh, publisher and try to do like something that was similar or, or like some kind of spiritual successor kind of thing. Um, I don't really know if they have that ambition or not. They didn't announce any plans to stay in the game industry or anything like that. Uh, when, it, when the article came out as far as I could tell. So we will have to wait and see. Uh, and then there's also <laughs> Blaster Master 3, Blaster Master 03 coming to Xbox, um, but to my understanding, Blaster Master Zero 1 and 2 are not on Xbox, so it's one of those weird things. I'll be curious to see if they do bother porting it over, but um, yeah, yeah, sure. It's like those weird grabs from Microsoft that you like, I, I can kind of appreciate it, like when they put, brought over like Gunvolt Lunas Avengers, but like at the same time, you're like, why? <laughs> like, why specifically this one rather than everything? Um, because, you know, that's, I guess it's the one that's they're working on. So that's the one they can justify. But, but it's just from an Xbox perspective, I, I'm curious to see how many people would be willing to jump into a Blaster Master Zero 3 without having played Zero 1 and 2. But maybe it's just, you know, me being me, like I'm, I'm, I see those numbers and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta play it in order. I gotta play Yakuza 1, Yakuza 2, Yakuza 3. So, so maybe that's just me being me. And then other people absolutely do not care. Um, then I watched a couple of trailers this week that I kind of caught my eye. Uh, one was being the EDF World Brothers. Um, I, I talked about this before on the uh, the podcast, and I don't remember if I talked about this part of the game. Uh, but something I saw in this trailer that I that I don't know if I noticed before was there actually are swappable characters mid combat. So 
you don't know what EDF is, basically you're these like little guys running around and you're blowing up these giant ants that are attacking the city. Um, and, and you would choose like a different class. So you'd be like a Valkyrie, a soldier. Um, there's like a hammer dude and like a, I think like a engineer who could like call vehicles and things like that. Um, and I think a lot of people, including myself are like, Hey, the only way to play this video game is as the Valkyrie. Cause the Valkyrie can fly. <laughs> and, and so you're like, and, and the, the maps in that game are huge. So it feels absolutely necessary to, to be able to fly in that game. Uh, so what's interesting about EDF world brothers, which has like a 3d, almost like 3d dot game hero looks so it's like a voxel aesthetic um is that you can swap characters using the d-pad and i couldn't tell if you could swap between different classes or not but i thought that would be like really helpful and and making you be more willing to try different classes right so you could swap to a valkyrie type class to move around but then when you're actually you know in combat fighting you could switch to you know a soldier or or the heavy weapons guy or the uh the the the, the vehicle guy that you can jump call down a vehicle and jump into it so i'm curious to see if that is something that will be um kind of fleshed out in a way that would be, be, be good. Um, I don't know if I'll ever play this game, but I think that's probably, if I'm going to play an EDF game in the future, that isn't like a uh, Zengeki no Regenlave, which is not an EDF game technically, but kind of is for the Wii. Um, I, I think it will be EDF World Brothers. So, but it probably also would only be online co-op only if I did it. Frame rate in that game is still uh, something that's not great, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's it kind of is what it is. If you're, if you're getting into EDF, you know what, what frame rate to expect in that game. And the last trailer I saw was one called uh, for a, a golf game called Clap Hands Golf. And I don't really have any feelings on this golf game. You know, I've talked about Birdie Crush before, and I, ha I like how that game looks. Um, but really, the reality is when it comes to golf games, I still need to play Super Swing Golf. I have on the Wii. I have not actually sat down and played it. I also have, I think, We Love Golf from Capcom. That's something I need to get around to eventually. And I would like to play a Tiger Woods PGA Tour game at some point for the Wii specifically, ones that use the Wii Motion Plus. I'd be curious to see how that functions and how that works. Um, so I don't really have any interest in playing like a mobile golf game. But the Clap Hands Golf is interesting because it is the developer of the Hot Shots Golf series. Um, so, or the Everybody Loves Golf series, if you want to stick with the Japanese name, and I think the most recent localized entry. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, this is an Apple Arcade release specifically, I should, I should note, but it's interesting because, you know, we've had all these stories about Sony kind of like shedding Japanese developers and things like that and, and minimizing their Japanese lineup. So I'm kind of curious if this means that, you know, this is, they're not going to do any more Everybody Loves Golf games. They're going to go off and just do their other own thing on Apple Arcade because it seems like Clap Hands is not a part of a Sony uh, studio. And it seems like Camelot, who does the, the Mario golf games and uh, I believe also did We Love Golf, um, was the one who was previously doing them. And they're no longer working on the, the or no longer working on Everybody Loves Golf by the time uh, the last entry happened. So, so I'm curious to see if the Everybody's Go Loves Golf franchise has any kind of future. I seem to recall people really liking the PlayStation 4 release, although I think the, the you know, actual amount of people purchasing it felt very low. I, I just remember the people who played it seemed to really like it. So, so yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Like I said earlier, the Battle and Wonder World video is up if you want to go look at that. Um, if you have any thoughts on the structure of that video or anything like that, let me know. I mean, like I said, it's not a review. It's a kind of a different thing I tried. Uh, it probably feels a lot like a review in some ways. So if you have any thoughts or feelings about how I presented the game, if you'd like that I had spent more time on the negative aspects, let me know. I kind of left them out because I, I kind of feel like people know what the negative aspects are. Or there's like 10 other videos you can go watch that talk about the negative aspects about Wonder World. Um, so I acknowledge them in the video, but I don't 
focus on them. So if that's a problem, let me know. Um, but I think that that might be a good approach going forward, just to focus on what I have to say about a game that's somewhat unique, or, or at least, you know, what I want to focus on, um, rather than get all stuck in like the 70 billion things that are wrong with this video game. Um, but here's the one thing I like, <laughs> you know, um, in terms of, of what's coming up next, though, um, I might, now that I've done that Battle and Wonder World video, I might kind of rethink how I position that Billy Hatcher video. There's a lot of stuff in that Billy Hatcher article that I think I could probably cut based off how I've handled the Battle and Wonder World one. Um, so I might do that and just kind of focus on my core issues and core core. <laughs> there's not there's not a like a lot that I like about Balan or Billy Hatcher, unfortunately. But the things that I do like about it, or things that I can respect at the very least, let's let's put it that way. Things I can respect about the game, I would also touch on that. Um, it'd be probably a much more negative video than the Balan Wonder World one, though. Um, so I I'm going to consider look at that for now but I'm, again i'm not committed to it again like i said worst case scenario i will dump that script on the website so you can see my full review of it there in text form if you'd like to um in terms of uh streams i have the quest 64 stream coming up uh, again so i think we're getting towards the end of that game i think the next stream or two we might be able to finish it i think we're technically like seven and a half hours in is that how math works yeah seven and a half hours in um, uh, I did have a little trouble last time. I got stuck on a boss fight, so we'll see if I can figure out what's going on there and if we can get past that part. Um, and then, uh, from there, I'm going to try to do a Nintendo 3DS test stream at some point, but when I do that, I'm going to be using the new stream graphics and things like that. So this week will probably be largely focused on me getting those stream graphics moving forward again. I kind of shoved all that stuff to the side while I worked on the Balan Wonder World thing. Um, so we'll try to get back to that and then we'll, we'll shift back into doing content from there and, and figure out that and go from there well that's it thanks for coming i feel like i didn't look at the camera all this time for the video version so sorry about that if, it, if i did not gaze into your eyes while, while i did the podcast <laughs> um but one is the website and uh that's all i got for now thank you so much for coming and i hope you have a great week bye